Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelica. I'm Mike Brancatelli, you're you. Today's episode is a live recorded mind jam from Austin, Texas. It's myself, Michael Phillip, Jennifer Sodini, and uh, we're just riffing on some wonder waves. And this was part of the Joining the Time Wheel Podcast Network launch party. It was hosted by this amazing group called the Church of the Sacred Womb. It was like a little mini festival. There was ecstatic dance, breath work, artists, selling crafts, um, just really, really fun, really cool. And me, Michael Phillip, and Jennifer Sodim, of course, you know them from Third Eye Drops and uh, Radio Amenti and Evolve and Ascend. Just had an awesome time riffing on the panel uh, and talking with people and got, getting to meet people. It was just so good to be out at a live event and um there's really nothing quite like it so look out for some more of these there's going to be more of them i released this early to my patrons so if you want to become a patreon patron go to patreon.com slash mike brank b-r-a-n-c and uh start at the five dollar tier that's where you get access to bonus episodes early releases the inner sanctum discord chat and other cool things that we uh, have going on over there. And uh, if you like the show, you know what to do. Like, share, subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Fungi Academy. If you want to learn how to enmesh yourself as a mycophile in the world of sacred mycology, to learn how to cultivate and grow mushrooms of all kinds of varieties. Also, if you're interested in psychedelic journey work. They provide amazing course material. It's fun. It's engaging. There's over 75 plus videos, amazing contributors, some of them past podcast guests. They are just wonderful. And so go check them out. The link is in the description. You get 25% off when you enter the code Mikeadelic. So nice uh, discount there. It's a nice discount for the Fungi Academy. Then we got, of course, Sheath Underwear, who sponsored this event. Huge shout out to Sheath Underwear. Also sponsoring our men's retreat at the end of August, uh, August 20th to 23rd. We only have camping spots available. So if you would like to participate in that, myself, Bill Burns, and Max Marshhausen will be hosting as we recorded episode 185. You have permission to talk about men's work and the work that we're doing. So if you're interested in that, the link will also be in the show description, show notes. All the links are in the show description show notes. So just uh, mention Ohana Kava Bar. The promo code is TIMEWHEEL. Check them out. Amazing Kava. Of course, Sheath Underwear. Promo code is Mikeadelic. 20% off. Incredible stuff. Love their stuff. Oh, I wear their underwear just all the time now. It's just the best. Um, it's amazing. I mean, the material is so good. You know, it's just one of those things that's, there's, they're really, I'm a big believer in spending more and having less of that thing. So instead of buying like 25 pairs of shitty underwear and be like, oh, but look at how many I have. I would, seriously, I would rather have two to three pairs of sheath underwear because um, they're just, you could just tell how, like the quality is just far superior to anything else. It's like uh, athleisure gear on the level of, um, you know, something like Lululemon or like one of those big, expensive companies, but it's, they're not that expensive. They're not like crazy like Lululemon. 
So I have, I have some Lululemon things and it's like, I have this one pair of Lululemon shorts and they're fucking amazing. I think they cost me like 70 bucks at the time, but I've had them for years and they're just, it's just high quality. So sheath is the same way. Their stuff is just super high quality. Check them out. Like I said, Fungi Academy, Ohana Kava Bar, Sheath, uh, Mushroom Revival, Student Loan Tutor. Go check all these, uh, all these great companies out that I'm happy to talk about. And um, we'll also have a, a new sponsor coming on soon that I'm, that I'm really excited about. And you know, just let me say a quick thing about the sponsor thing. I talk a lot on the show about sort of, you know, society and the mechanisms of society and how we're existing in this game and there's a dominant game and we could change the game and things like that. I still, I, I think like having a podcast where I get to, uh, sponsors get like companies that are making things get to send me things and I get to try it and I get to test it and I get to see if it's good or not. I'm happy to do that. So that's, that's kind of, the way that I feel about it is, is that like, I don't even feel as if it's like, oh, I have to read these ads now. They're just friends of mine and people that make really good things who are just like, hey, can we be on your podcast? And I'm like, yeah, cool. Uh, I get a little bit, you get a little bit, and hopefully people get some good stuff. So that's always the way that I felt about it. I'll never have anybody on the show that I don't know really, that I don't know their product, that I don't think is good. Um, so yeah, just know that. And that's just what I have to do to, to pay the bills, you know? Otherwise, if everybody, if every single person who listened to this show became a $5 patron, I wouldn't have to have ads. I wouldn't have to do this thing that I'm doing now, which you're probably skipping over. So anyway, look, let's just hop right into the conversation because it's really that good. Everything that you want to know is going to be in the show notes, show description. Check it out. All the links are there. Go and, uh, and check it out because there's some, some great stuff if you're interested in getting discounts on things, if you're interested in becoming a patron, uh, whatever you do. Big shout out to the people that are doing it. Just much love to all of you people that are taking the time to go and do these things. Just saw a really nice review on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much to the person that left that. Uh, really, really appreciate, really appreciate that. And um, yeah, really just excited to do more of these live events. I just really want to meet all of you guys that are out there listening. So the more opportunities that we have to do live events, we'll let you know. And uh, you know, the more like retreats and gatherings and things that we have, we'll let you guys know. I think that's really where I want to move the show. It, is to doing things that are live, you know, maybe even doing like a weekend retreat slash festival and just having live podcasts like myself, Michael Phillip of Third Eye Drops, Jennifer Sodini, you know, maybe some other people, some, some friends of ours, uh, just getting together, just making some cool art and, and having a good time and, and just having some deep wonder wiggle whiskers. I know Michael does such a good job of that. Michael Phillip. He's like, I hope I'm tickling your wonder whiskers. So you'll see. That's, uh, yeah, Mr. Wonder Dipper himself, Michael Phillip, uh, kicked off the, uh, the panel and uh, we had a really fun time. And it's so, it's so cool.
cool to have the audience there and get that energy and just feel it in the room. There really is something special about being in the room with people, even if it's just like 30, 40 people, as opposed to you know the thousands of people that listen to this show. It's like there's just something different about being there, uh, as a, I'm sure all of you guys know, especially this past year with all the lockdowns and all the bullshit. It's like getting out and being with people and, and having like a full party night where we could have deep conversation and then dance and enjoy art and watch people spinning fire and shooting lasers at the moon or whatever people were doing. Anyway, let's just get into this podcast. So without further ado, here is live from Austin, Texas with Michael Phillip and Jennifer Sodini talking about meaning, creativity, wonder, and why. Hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much. Check out Time Wheel, the Time Wheel Podcast Network. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Much love to you all. Thank you. Hello, friends. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I feel like if I get loud, it could be dangerous. Is this is this a good volume? Okay. I do. Thank you. For everyone driving the mic Like this? Yeah. Okay. So I was just looking around this room at all these books, and. That feeling when you're in like an esoteric section of a bookstore and you think to yourself, what, like, what is it that's going to draw me to a particular book? It's a strange feeling because a lot of times it turns into this like game of aesthetics more than it turns into like you don't know what you're looking for. So you look for something that, you know, draws you in aesthetically. But I think that it's almost like a weird trick because the one thing that all of these books have in common and I think everybody here has in common is that they're looking for something beyond the normal. You know, they're looking for some dimension of wonder in their life that they're not feeling fed, right? And there's actually some science around this and there's two, there's two kinds of wonder they talk about in the, in the scientific literature. And one is need to accommodate, and one is, um, I forget the exact wording, but it's essentially seeking experiences that make you perceived vastness. That's what it is. So it's seeking experiences that make you feel small and then recontextualize your place in the world. And by make you feel small, I don't mean feel insignificant. I mean feel small in the scheme of everything, right? Yeah, the cosmos, like that Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson thing where yeah. he's like, we're made of stardust. Yeah, exactly. What exactly. was the first one? The need to accommodate? So need to accommodate. And that's yeah. the one I wanted to talk about is because I think most people here have had some kind of experience that was beyond the normal. And then that's what that is. That's the need to accommodate experience. And then you have to recontextualize 
your understanding of life and how you fit into life in the wake of an experience like that. So it's, I always just love being in groups of people who are in that state because then we can all cut, we, it's like we've all peered behind the curtain. Like we've all seen the wizard like pulling the fractal levers and knobs and like, you know, whatever the fuck is going on. And then it's like, well, now what the fuck do we do? Everybody, I don't know. And that's where we are today. So glad to be with you. So Michael, what book drew your attention first? in this room um i know what you're looking at the mummy with brendan Fraser. Um, <laughs> there's something called the mummy right there um in, in all seriousness though i i don't know why but i've always been drawn to to like the eastern aesthetic yeah and i was talking to a friend about this on a podcast this morning actually um those weird kind of pulls you have all the way down like you don't know when you got interested in something you just know that you're interested in it and then you kind of listen to that that whisper and you just keep going toward that thing and for me that was what i was interested in first was was definitely eastern so you saw the mummy up there and yeah yeah yeah. what about you 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 see any books that pop out yes well, it's very weird. So I've always been a very strange person. Um, and as a child, my favorite book was Communion by Whitley Strieber. Mm. And here I am staring at the copy oh, right over oh, here. Wow. So let me show you I all. I can't even see it. I like the movie with Christopher Walken. <laughs> Who's that? Who's there? Dancing with aliens. <laughs> <laughs> this is the book. Right. So I read a, I read this a lot when I was very young. And I actually think that this is a good representation of like mystery, right? They say wisdom begins in wonder. And Socrates I remember, quote. Right. I remember seeing this as a kid and having this like profound feeling of like, what is that? Mm. What is beyond me? To your point, these experiences with wonder, they really make us wonder, like what is it beyond me? And if you look at something like this, yeah, what did you what did you feel when you saw this image? Because you don't that this is one of the only ones where they really show Horny. like that gray. <laughs> oh yeah, are you there? Well, it's a great representation of like what you feel in that space. It's that juxtaposition between terror and excitement. Mm. So for me, like when I saw this, I'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" But what the fuck is this? Like I want to know more. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and returning returning to the topic of wonder in general, I think a really good follow-up question in both the wake of an experience that puts you in that need for accommodation state and just a good question to ask in general is what if anything is the utility of wonder? Like what is it because if anybody listens to my podcast, you know that I have a tendency to just kind of go toward curiosity. And pretty soon you're talking about like pleroma and logos and nous and really getting into the like Eros, the nitty gritty of, yeah. of these gigantic, unfathomable, unknowable things. And you're like, what? what this isn't gonna help me start an underwear company, you know. Like, you know, and so, so, what is the utility, if anything? I want to turn that over. I mean, I have. Well, you, it, I, I like but, how you describe yeah. yourself as a wonder dipper. Yes. Right, Jason Silva. 
He's like, I'm a wonder junkie. And so his utility, you guys familiar with Jason Silva, Shots of Awe? He's just, so you can get so like overwhelmed by wonder where you're just like foaming at the side of the mouth and like you've lost your job because you're like, everything is just mind blowing and the paradox of (laughs) wonder and infinity combining as Ernest Becker once said that the time is just an illusion that contracts the mind and the... So he he's, he really dives in. So the utility is probably partially like euphoria, right? Like bliss, some kind of bliss, mm-hmm. astonishment, exhilaration, excitement for the the time that we live in, and the hope and possibility for what else is out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's something too about wonder being a spiral. As I look at your hat, right? I think we can all, whether you're a psychonaut or if you're just kind of dabbling have those experiences where we've touched the hand of God or infinity and are like, I have it all figured out. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to write my business proposal and I've got this. And then all of a sudden life hits and you're like, wow, I have to pay taxes. And I li- oh, we live in a society. <laughs> and then you descend to this nihilism. I personally have a lot. Like, you know, it's optimistic nihilism. But then you have that spiral back up. So it's this constant process of like touching infinity, having that strike of inspiration, and then feeling defeated by the world that we're around. So coming off the heels of the two conversations we've had prior, we see amazing entrepreneurs that are taking these intangibles and making them tangible. It's remembering again that it's possible to do these things it's just not to descend into the nihilism when the society happens mm. or the madness <laughs> yeah like uh that quote um the madman and the mystic swim in the same waters the madman drowns the mystic comes back so it's like going to as our friend michelangelo was was telling me uh, on, on my podcast it's like everything has been created it's just in the vaults of eternity and the artist's job is like excavating the vaults of eternity and bringing it down into the manifestation of this 3D world that then other people see and you get that sensation when you see a piece of art or you see something that's really blowing your mind and giving you that sense of wonder you're like like what is that? I remember that it's calling me that's beckoning me to that place and hopefully that inspires you to go on and, and do something mm-hmm. wonderful yeah yeah there's one, I don't really settle on very many things in terms of like methods or nomenclature that I'm very, very attached to. But one of the principles that I've built over the last several years, and if you ever want to know what you think about something, try writing a fucking book because you'll like, you'll feel like everything you're saying is contrived and it's been said a million times already and you're not saying anything new. If you're, if you're honest with yourself and in the process of trying to do that and really because ho- I'm, I'm somebody who like the whole name of my podcast is tongue in cheek. I make up words when people ask me serious questions about what I think or believe in things. I usually meet them with some kind of like witty little answer and then, you know, deflect into something else. But when you can't do that when you're writing like you can't or you can't write anything of substance. So one of the principles that I have settled on is very similar to what you're talking about is that there's this spiral of the mundane and the wonderful and learning to not learning but figuring out because it's something subjective that only each individual can do for themselves i believe 
is that figure out a way to shrink the distance between the mystery and the mundane. Like, figure out how, you know, it's the cliche thing of the monk who is, like, washing dishes and in awe as he's washing the dishes, yeah. you know? And, and while that might not be practical, you know, for most people, I do think that there's a way to be both speculative and operative in the way that you live your life in that you're doing something operative like you have you choose a verb basically that you find yourself to be good at that you can tolerate doing and then figure out how to inject wonder into that thing and it's like it's like like every system that matters starts from somewhere absurd right like language started with someone going like like you know just somebody <laughs> understanding yeah. they could make a noise small, and then small over mouth time noises. yeah yeah <laughs> and then over time language evolves like it like a novelty yeah. novelty yeah. you know well novelty the transcendental object yeah. uh, but but this is a so in in old so there's a a, le a legend a freemasonry legend that all masons used to be operative and speculative and it's clear what that means because if you see what masonry is, it's building stuff, right? And if you and I was talking about this on a podcast earlier today in a slightly different context that we're there's this mythological drift and a meaning drift that's occurring. Where if you look at old buildings, they always had masonry and like faces carved on them and symbols and like like I was just walking by this building in San Francisco last week and like it was like a medical building. And there was a, all the way from the floor up the building on the side, there was like caduceuses and like alchemical beakers and like people like praying over their work. And it's like, that's what we've fucking lost completely. Yeah, totally. Like there, there's no sacred connection to figuring out like what you're, to, to paying your bills anymore. And I think that that, that, that vacuousness, that the, just the wearing down, the repetition of the, the mundane that feels like it doesn't matter, it doesn't have any context or contextualizing force in my life. That's what I'm interested in doing, is like building a bridge between that wonder and mystery experience and the mundane, you know, every day. Well, there's, some, there's a freedom, right? And this, yeah. this, not the mundanity, but the idea like when you descend into these feelings of like, nothing matters. You know, it's so easy to get caught into that trap because ultimately we're a speck of dust in this universe of billions and billions and billions of things and layers, right? Nothing matters. But then you think, like, <laughs> nothing matters. <laughs> There's like a double entendre there because it's like, well, it matters. It actually matters that it's nothing and nothing matters. But there's a freedom in that because we get caught in these meaning traps. Like, what does it mean? What is it all for? And it's like, well, who fucking cares? Just do it. Just do it. It feels good. Yeah. It's liberating. I can do this. I'm not doing this with the end result being capitalism or commodification. I'm doing this because it's like the only thing in my heart that I feel I need to move forward with. So there's a freedom in that. And like, obviously we need to pay our bills. But again, to what Matt was saying, to just give an example, like <laughs> the first time I ever did ayahuasca, I had my head completely broken open in 2013. I came out like, I have all the secrets of the universe and I know who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do and the universe is here to guide me and support me. Two months later, I lost everything I had. It was dead broke. I went from like living a very comfortable life to having nothing and not knowing what I was going to do, but I was just like, I, I was told I need to do this. So that's around the time Matt and I met 
I reached out to him with just a naive dream. I was like, hey, listen, like, I just want to blog. Will you show me how to do social media? And then little by little, we started building our ecosystem. And to what Bobby was saying, too, like, when I was building everything, I'm like, bartending, reading oracle yeah. cards. I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing it because I just need to do it. But it was never the end goal, like, money. It was always just, I have to fucking do this. Yeah. And I don't understand why, but I have to do it. And then, you know, it took a long time. Like, I'd say 2017 is really when I started to be okay. And now here I am. And it's like, I am so fucking grateful for all the shit that I had to lose to have perspective to be like, it's not about money. Because that doesn't fucking matter. Nothing matters other than, like, what's here? Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So you you just kept going because you've just felt it. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like this this calling or this pulling to something greater, something bigger that the you felt. The invisible current. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> one of the yeah. one of the oh okay. go ahead. No, okay, go ahead. Um, one of the paradigms that's really really appealing to me is has anybody read Soul's Code by James Hillman? Um, he's a psychologist who was alive until fairly recently. Actually, I think he passed away in like 2011. But he's considered like a kind of a post-Jungian, like he comes from that sort of Jungian training. And for people that aren't familiar with that, it's, it, is a, it is a psychoanalytic theory, but it's very heavily um, based around mythological archetypes and, you know, dream analysis and, and things of that nature. And Hillman's contribution and the, the torch he sort of carried further was that in a nutshell, in, in a way that will move this conversation forward, the gods, like the, the classical gods, the classical god-goddesses archetypes are alive and they are real and they're in all of our own psyches and they're, they're inside of all of us. And when you order those, that leads to a more, you know, fulfilled life. But the key to ordering those is to get, is to get in touch with what he calls your diamond or daemon. And this again goes back to ancient Greece and there was this there was this whole kind of sect of beings that have now been perverted into, you know, demons that we think of in a modern sense, but to the Greeks daimon were like these helpful entities that were between man and gods and they you everybody had one like attached to them at birth. And there's this whole myth about death and rebirth um, in one of Plato's books in, in Plato's Republic. And in a nutshell, the myth is that, you know, it's, it's, it's very similar to Eastern reincarnation. Like you, you die, you go through this whole archetypal process, you choose your next life through this weird process, and then you get a daimon attached to you and you pass through these veils on your way down that kind of like wipes your memory of everything that's happened. But this is a really long-winded way of saying that I'm really attracted to this idea that what you're talking about is the whispering of that daimon, and you choose to listen to it or you don't. And though initially listening to it may cause short-term calamity, right? Like it's in yours. It, it's much, much worse if you ignore it. And and I think that the mental health crisis that we see, the you know the epidemic of depression, suicide, midlife crises is, is because people wake up uh, one day and they're just like, fuck, and they just, something falls apart or that thing comes to a head. And I think 
unfortunately too few people heed heed that language that like that inner whisper and why but why do you think it is is what i wanted to eventually get to i think people it's scary yeah you know i, I mean i've I talked to somebody recently uh they had me on their podcast and they were very interested in in psychedelics and the experience i told them some very similar after my ayahuasca experience everything crumbled i happened to be reading this book by spiritual teacher ajishante called the end of your world so it was like very helpful. I was like, oh yeah, cool. Wait, <laughs> chapter two. Yep, that's falling apart right there. Like, uh, but everything that needed to crumble, it needed to go so that I could make way for new things. And I think there's a scary part uh, that people feel like, no, I can't. Like, who will I be if I lose everything that is comfortable and familiar that I've known? What will be there out for me? And the scariest thing is the unknown, right? But so you have to. Um, do things to surrender to that process and whatever those do like whatever it is breath work meditation yoga psychedelic whatever you're doing has to fit for you and you will you know as Campbell says like doors will open where there were only walls before because you're 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 moving in that direction of the invisible current yeah and faith isn't really it they can say you can say it's a science right but it's more of an art it's more of an abstraction. It's more of like, what medium do you move through? I've <laughs> almost converted to Judaism. I work with rabbis. Like I've studied with Freemasons. I've I've sat with a lot of really incredible minds, and I always arrive in a similar place, which is this faith in something invisible. But I don't really know what it is. But I just know it's there. And I recently was writing about the Book of Job. You know this story. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, yeah, yeah. So basically, God's most faithful servant, Job, God and the devil decide to wager a bet to see how much they can fuck his life up <laughs> and if he'll still believe in God at the end of it. So the guy loses everything, loses his kids, his wealth, all of it, and never loses faith in God. Strip away any Christian dogma, anything. Look at it as a metaphor for life. But he never gave up faith and then everything was returned tenfold yeah. so that's something that i think we can all relate to isn't yeah. isn't, the stra- isn't the last thing like sacrifice your child or something no like that's that? an, that's the other one where god like that's, trolled him uh, trolled abraham, yeah, abraham. Oh, He's like yeah. take your favorite <laughs> son kill your put kid, him on man. the rock yeah. yeah kill him no just kidding jk psych <laughs> fucking with you bro <laughs> Yeah, that's where that came from, that expression. Like, <laughs> God was the original. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'm now thinking just about that cyclical nature of things and that T.S. Eliot quote. It's like, in all of our expeditions, we will then return to the place that we started and know it for the first time. There's this like constant like death and rebirth of like seeing things with new eyes. And then if you're able to construct things in the world like you were talking about with architecture like i feel is so important because the more that we see beautiful things in the world the more there's this like feedback loop this sort of generating mechanism where we feel inspired by the beautiful how many times do you go to a city or somewhere and it's just like steel and glass and concrete and it's like i feel like dead here you know but at a place like Entheon at Cosm, where Alex Gray is building my wife Allison and I have constructed magnificent <laughs> structures to elucidate human consciousness. But it does, it, like, it makes you feel great, thank you. Uh, it, makes you, it, it makes you feel, 
And I think that there's, there's a lot that we get lost in the mind. When we get lost in the mind, we get trapped and it feels dull and gray and we get depressed and then we, get, we don't get that zest of wonder that we need to sustain the beauty of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, the fact that you mentioned death and rebirth, I think is, is the, that is the, ironically, the immortal truth, right? Like no matter how many times you go down into the depths, every time you get there, I mean, it, it happens every time I, you know, I don't do, I'm, I don't like, people think I'm doing psychedelics constantly and I'm really not. But I, I when am. I do do them, I used to. And, and I do, you know, like a significant dose, ayahuasca there's right always this moment where it really sets in. And I'm like, I'm a fucking, why did I do this again? Why did I do this again? Why did I do this again? And it's because you, you, you're having a, a small death that you needed to have so badly because you forgot how precious the mundane was. And then you you go down to that place where you cease to exist. You're like, I just want to go back. I just want to go back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then you come back out with those fresh eyes and you appreciate. And, and for, for a time, the mundane is imbued. Like you're like, wow, how from the fractal chaos and the topsy-turvy gestures and the fucking, you know, feeling like I'm just coming apart psychically back to, wow, the hat is where it was before and the, and the curtain is where it was and, and there's no failures there's no there's no like one percent slippage everything is perfect and like and then suddenly consensus reality seems like a miracle again and and i think that every every initiation i've ever heard of from the freemasonry master mason initiation to you know ayahuasca for sure because that is like the closest thing to death and rebirth i've experienced to you know um losing losing your identity if you become like an ascetic in the east or 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 in any tradition you just you lose your identity you're reborn into a new identity as a member of the sangha or whatever it is and you're you're on this mission now for the rest of your life it's all about re reincarnating within your current life And, and manly p hall and all the esotericists talk about it as well it's like you know it's the it's the second birth you know, it's the it's the bridge you cross, but I, I don't think it's a first and second birth. I think it's like a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth, and it just keeps going, is what it seems like. Well, it takes a while to integrate all of those things, because there's always a new layer being excavated, right? Yeah. To Manly P. Hall, he said, I think the greatest. This was a book I read that he wrote on Freemasonry, where they talk about the greatest adversaries to true spiritual growth are ignorance, fanaticism, and tyranny. Mm-hmm. And you can have these experiences, again, where it's like, oh my God, but you're still so ignorant to the greater yeah. reality. Then you can have these experiences, and now I'm fanatic, and now I'm shouting it from the rooftops. You know, it's, it's about finding that balance of like, it's good to touch that realm, but I mean, the fl- I haven't done yeah. psychedelics in almost two years, and I literally remember the last time being like, I cannot wait to just like, pay some bills and like go to 7-Eleven and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to go back to the clown dimension for six hours. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've definitely gotten stuck there. Where, yeah, like, thing. it's just such an existential bummer to be back in form. And I'm like, yeah, this sucks. This is stupid. <laughs> Skin bag. And I'm like, oh, all these rules. Look at all these, like, right angles and rules. <laughs> And that's, but I, I, I'm grateful that I went through that process because I, I learned so much from it. And I feel as, you know, it was like a maturing that had to happen. The, the integration process is so important and it never stops, it never ends. 
and yeah, there's there's um the this book, the sacred and the profane, by um, I forget the author's name, but it it that's a, a good framework. And so th same thing with uh, James P. Carson's book, Finite and Infinite Games. Yeah, I've heard a lot. Of is it's fantastic, and it's like just a different context for what we're kind of talking about here. Whereas he 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 labels it as there's, you know, same thing with the, the sacred and profane. We were saying it's the mundane, it's the same thing. Uh, finite and infinite games, he talks about the, the infinite game, the point of the game is to keep the game going. The finite games are games that we enter in where there's a clear, definitive start and end. So it's like the life is just this constant circle of entering into finite and infinite games. And the infinite game is to make sure that you keep this alive so that you keep participating in it. Even if you had a, a finite experience that was mind-blowing, soul-expanding, okay, you still have to participate in this infinite game of like keeping yourself alive and sustain, you know, sustaining your life. and yeah. Not losing that wonder, like yeah. childlike enthusiasm. And again, with that spiral, you can degrade to like, it evaporates a little bit, but then you see something and it touches something and it starts all over again. Mm-hmm. It reminds me too. This is something I talk about way too often, but I think I think it's funny because within the finite and infinite games, there's even a more infinite game above those games, and this is something that the Buddhists call the two truths doctrine. And it's and, and this too, uh, this really helped me reconcile what you were talking about the the re-entry into the meat suit because it does go both ways. Like I've come back where I've been like, oh, thank God I'm back. And I've also been disappointed, like like exactly like like you were, and I think that we make a mistake in trying to reconcile that with this, because they both are just so, and that's kind of what the two truths doctrine of Buddhism is: is that there's what they call prajnaparamita, which is perfect, perfect transcendent truth, and there is this perfect, and, and you can sort of glimpse that I think in in just like the right perfect psychedelic experience for example or with a lot a lot of meditation i would imagine um but you can't bring it back and that, that's one of those things that terence mckenna one of his most famous stories is like they were Ter terence and dennis were convinced they were going to bring back some sort of extra dimensional object and like prove like see it's all real somehow they're going to bring like you know and it sounds ridiculous sitting here now um unless you've taken the right molecules. But, <laughs> but I, think, I think that that really helped me. And so if the Dalai Lama talks about the true truth, the two truths doctrine, and I, I think there was an interview where someone asked him like, so is it that Prajnaparamita is more true? And he's like, no, they're both true. So it's just the, the relative truth of here and there and me and you and this and that is just as true but it's like contained within it, you know? It, it's And it just helps me when I can break past those dualistic concepts, like, is it this or is it that? Is this just an illusion or a reflection of that? And it's just, no, it's just, they just both are. It's mm. the rabbit yeah. duck. Yeah. It's the what? The rabbit oh, duck. Oh yeah, like What's the see, rabbit duck? Yeah, like the optical yeah. illusion. Oh like yeah, you can see oh, yeah. I see both, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's I, both, they coexist. Right, when I first saw yeah. that though, I saw both. I was like, wow, okay, cool. But you don't see them I'm at the special. same time. You see, you can like flip back and forth, but you can't see them at the same time. Oh, I see them at the same time. So you're a liar. I, <laughs> I, I, you'll ne I'll never be able to, you won't know. Until we can neural link. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yes, 
uh, I, I had a thought um, about extracting things from that psychedelic space like Darren, uh, like you were talking about with, with Terrence and Dennis. Uh, and I think that now we're so blessed that, that we have, that we're like connected in the way that we are through technology, right? And, and using technology as a way to get together like this. Uh, and and to see all of the art and all the creations that people are making and and a lot of those informed by psychedelic experiences or altered states. So in a way, you know, every, every time I go into a psychedelic experience uh, or an altered state with like sensory deprivation or meditation, the breath work, I feel that it's just it's all it's diversity, it's novelty, it's infinity, it's fractal, it's colorful, it's just all there. So the more people that go into those spaces, the more that we are kind of bringing back that flavor, that seasoning, and yeah, we're sprinkling se- it out. We're seasoning the mundane with the, yeah. with the fractal spices. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> wow, put that on a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> t-shirts for sale in and one it, hour. It really is happening, though. Like, yeah. it really yes. is happening. For better and worse. Like, you can use too much fucking spice, for sure. You know, I think we, I think everybody knows. It's like, chill out with the with the salt, yeah, right? Sandworm like, you don't need that much turmeric, <laughs> you know? The spice, let the spice flow. <laughs> mm. But, so, if we're talking about seasoning the meal, you know, finding the right amount for you is a hard thing to do. And the thing for me is always like, so how we started the conversation about wonder and what is like the actual utility of wonder. I think that's actually a good question to ask yourself because if you're getting so hung up on on the far out questions that it's actually having an impact on your daily life you know it is funny that jason silva uses the wonder junkie phrase because that that would actually denote that there's a negative effect right because that's the hallmark of a drug addict is like you become an addict when all of your daily activities begin to suffer Right, and I think you can do that with wonder. I think you can have too much wonder to the point where it like makes the lines too wobbly and too curvy on your on your daily life, where yeah. there needs to be straighter pipes, you know. But clearly, too, the integrity of the the mundane fucking batters you after a while, like just the rote repetition, the beigeness of the everyday, of the grind, of the commute, of the whatever, like wears you down absolutely. So it's like getting the the spices just right so that it's maximum nutrition and not you know overbearing yeah and i think a good method of that is what the greeks used to practice at eleusis with the eleusinian mysteries right is like and then we see this in a lot of shamanic and tribal societies where uh you know and indigenous societies that they had a baked in to the way that they function is like all right if we're going to function properly as a society with reverence and respect for nature and each other, we need to extinguish ourselves and then rebirth mm-hmm. ourselves every so yeah. often. And that that's one of my biggest wishes is that I could have existed back then with being objectively dumber. And I'm not saying the ancient Greeks were dumb because on it, like I talked about that I was originally aesthetically most drawn to eastern religion but lately i've been way more into greek and like alexandrian stuff like neoplatonism and platonism but anyway um what, what was my fucking point i don't even know what I'm <laughs> um 
that I, I'm not a liar and that you're going to believe me. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, Spa spaces for these things. Like, I wish I could have went to a Lucis ages to see what is. Is there anybody familiar with this? Sh show of hands. So, so the, the quick nutshell. So Eleusis is this place right outside of Athens. And they literally said that the goddess lived at this place. And they would go on a spiritual pilgrimage to this place. And uh, it was a temple to uh, Demeter and Persephone. And they're essentially like the nature deities of, of the Greeks. And they would drink some mysterious beverage called the Kaikion and they would commune with the goddess, and that's what they said, and everything else was extremely secretive, and everybody honored the secrets, and if you profaned the mysteries, like, there were people that um, stole the, the kaikion and gave it out at, like, house parties and shit, like, literally, there were. You all got and, that kaikion. And, and those people, those people were treated with, like, either leave now or you're dead. Like, it was a very serious thing to profane the mysteries. So, one, I just wish I could experience it, but two, I wish I could experience it with zero doubt in my mind. Because now we have enough intellect and empirical knowledge to come out of an ayahuasca experience be like, well, my brain was just doing this and it was just that. And, you know, you, you can apply disbelief and mundane explanations to anything if you want to, and clearly many people choose to do that. So just I, it would be well, amazing to be pop able to the wonder balloon that way though, isn't it? You so do. it's so yeah. much more uh, in enrapturing to to inject the mystery yeah. and to to believe in the myth, to believe in the in the spirits and the and or the at goddess. least entertain it. Yeah, you know, and, and it leaves space for like and that's another thing that I I reject the the temptation to do is like, well, do I believe? I don't know. I don't have to believe. I just do it and I. I weigh it all, and I balance it all, and I tip over one way, and I tip back the other way, and it just keeps going, mm. you know? Mm. It's like in Tony Hawk Pro Skater, when you're trying to, like, not fall down, yeah. and it's, like, wobbling. Those that's points that's what I line. do philosophically. I think there's also unpopular opinion, probably, because I just have to say it. I love the concept, if you meet Buddha on the side of the road, kill him. Yeah, yeah. And I think we tend to romanticize a lot of spiritual concepts and ideas because they feel good. They feel good. And I, again, I do believe in a spiritual realm of reality. But years ago, I was on a trip to Egypt, and it was the most amazing, incredible, awe-inspiring thing, right? Being in the pyramids, being where I'm at, very privileged. But the most special moment of that trip for me was having a conversation with a local Egyptian girl maybe like 17 years old conversing with her over a phone she worked volunteer for helping blind people and here I am in this retreat with all these really wealthy white people that are just completely like entitled and made me feel like really gross that I was a part of it and the most sacred thing of that experience was actually talking to somebody who lived there right so we romanticize these ideas these lofty things but like the reality is I think a lot of wonder comes from the fact that we're fucking lonely. We're lonely, we don't feel connected to each other, we have these devices in our hand that we're scrolling to have a hit, to be like, oh, maybe this person and I can kind of speak the same language a little bit, maybe we can connect a little bit. But then when we're offline, we're like, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. I'm glad you brought this up, because now we're getting to the good shit. Yeah. And, and it's the most, the most, uh, the hardest idea for that I would imagine in his day must have been scary for him to say, Joseph Campbell would talk about in lectures that the last step is to kill your God. The last step in the spiritual journey is to kill your God. 
because whatever your concept of God is, is not it. Like whatever you can imagine is not it. Whatever you can even experience is not it. Like it doesn't mean that you're not experiencing like the pressure, the something that's related to it, but you're not, whatever it is, is totally transcendent and we are not transcendent. And this is even, you know, though the name of my podcast I said before is tongue in cheek, one of my favorite symbols is actually the symbol of the Ajna Chakra because there's, I forget the name of the deity that sits next to the Lotus, but it's a multi-armed deity. And in its hands, it has a bunch of different things. It has like scripture. It has like this drum that's supposed to symbolize like the beating of space and time. And the other thing it has is the severed head of the creator. And when I first heard that, I'm like, what the, like that, that's metal. And I really like it, but what, but what does it mean? And what it means is like, this is the point where you destroy the concept and you actually glimpse the real thing for a moment, you know? And, and that's what's so hard for us, like destroying, like really letting go of concepts and letting go of the idea that we actually know anything. It's it, that maybe that's really all like <laughs> that, like a lot of spirituality is designed to do is to just concept, like concept you the fuck out until you can't be concepted out anymore. And then for a second you get past the concept and then you go right back. That yeah, seems to be how it, it works. It definitely serves its purpose. But if you attach too much to the ultimate final destination of that purpose or the apotheosis of the thing that you're staring at like you're gonna get your face melted yeah. like in Indiana Jones Raiders <laughs> yeah, of the Lost Ark exactly. you know be prepared when you step into the room where God lives and be prepared of unearned wisdom I believe that's like a, a, a young quote and but it, there's there's something to that and I love what you guys are talking about and I love that you brought up what you brought up with the girl in Egypt because you're you're talking to the divine. You're talk. You're the wonder is coming out of her eyes and and in and in your conversation and in the interaction that you're sharing with this other human being who probably doesn't really share much in, else in common with you other than the fact that their life is real and they're doing something. There's been so many times where I've traveled all around the world and seen people that are doing incredibly amazing things that I couldn't even fathom. Um, I was in Laos and. 2015 and walking down the street in Luan Prabang and this guy was selling jewelry made of shrapnel left by unexploded ordinances from the US military secretly just bombing the shit out of them during the Vietnam War most bombs dropped on Laos like more more than in World War II uh, and he was an amputee and um like I wound up having a conversation with him as best as I could with him, but just the the feeling that was going through, like this is like my homeland, like did this, and this guy's turned his broken heart, turned it into art, right? Like that the quote, and um, you know, it, it, there's 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 hope, there's inspiration, there's wonder, there's connection, there's empathy. That's it's all right there with this other person as well. So just to bring it down to like the interpersonal relational level, you know, and not getting attached to these hierarchies that espouse from the top, but sever their heads off, come back down and engage in real, you know, community wonder dipping. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of felt like a final thought. And it sort of feels like it's been an hour, but I don't know. How long has it been? It's time. It's been about an hour? 
Yeah, I have a pretty good podcast alarm <laughs> after all this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of know. That's yeah. why I yeah. did it the way I did. Yeah. Very so good. professional. Well done. <laughs> all right. Where can we find you guys? Right here. <laughs> Be here now. Here <laughs> uh, Mike Adelic, Mike Adelic podcast on the internet. Places. Uh, Radio Menti is my podcast. What is that? Radio Menti. Radio Amenti. Yes. com and some version of Third Eye Drops as my handle on things. But really, where can we all be found is the Time Wheel Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. yeah. Time Wheel Podcast Network. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs> Business. Yeah. I have stickers. The cat stayed, them. which I... <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have any questions? Are we doing the three oh, questions yeah, yeah. thing? Any, any anything? Questions? <laughs> Topics or anything? I was so surprised uh, in the beginning of Bill's talk that you didn't introduce yourselves or like how you guys met and immediately went into this wonder of like <laughs> on the shelf and yeah. getting into all these thoughts and, and then your mental alarm clock like okay I think it's been an hour <laughs> <laughs> it's like really yeah. amazing but I want to know how you guys met each other and I don't know if that's going to be a quick answer so go ahead try and make it as quick as you can <laughs> Cliff's notes version 2013 didn't know what I was doing I reached out to Matt on Time Wheel because I saw Time Wheel I was like the branding of this is amazing whatever they're doing I need to be a part of this turned out Matt was working with DMT the spirit molecule with Mitch and I was like oh my god this documentary was amazing Around that time, also, I kept seeing third eye drops, and I was like, "Oh man, like, I don't know what's." I didn't even. Might have been a, li- I, I a little bit later. Like Twenty fifteen. Okay. Think. Yeah. yeah it makes sense. Um, but to kind of say, like, I saw your podcast advertised through Time Wheel, and I'm like, I never listened to your podcast. I was just like, this looks cool. I also want to be a part of it. <laughs> and well, I never listened to yours either. <laughs> I do but back then I was just like this looks cool um so then Michael and I connected and then Mike and I connected and all through the podcasting world but that's the long and short of me but for you yeah we I don't know if I remember Jen and I have known each other for a long time it's been probably at least five years I would say I don't know if I remember the exact like connection but we've been friends for for a while that's a shitty answer, but <laughs> but it's weird. Like I have with I do have a few people that I've become very close friends with through the podcast, and I don't remember the details of like I reached out to him or he reached out to me. It's just like oh yeah, we're just really good friends, and yeah, it's it's strange. We've done we've done a bunch of events together. We've done a bunch of podcasts together. Um, yeah, yeah, and I guess I I knew you for a little bit, and then during the pandemic we were like we should get together and do something and we started doing this thing called isolation tank which was like a live stream and that's how i really kind of connected more with you and and also matt as well and yeah and then bobby and I'm, now we're in chief yeah. Yeah. lots of connective tissue though the web is very interesting yeah yeah, yeah. and because of mike i met my husband so. oh that's yeah. right yeah. <laughs> you're welcome what a world thanks <laughs> Anything? What else? I mean, what do you see for the future of your podcast, or any kind of anything, any inspiration to try, you know, for the future that you might share going forward? Um, I'm I'm in a groove, so 
I we were kind of talking about this before that we both feel the need to dis disrupt what we're doing somehow, and I don't know exactly what that means, but upping maybe the amount, the the production value, adding video, things things of that nature is what I would like to do, but it's just it's it's more work than you think. It's it's a decent amount of work. Yeah, I've got some exciting things planned, but uh, you're just gonna have to. Follow along to see hey, what it is. Join the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Same. I'm I'm just booking out a lot of really interesting new guests and um, just trying to stay consistent. Consistency has been my biggest issue. Is because I'm very creative. Like I gotta write. I gotta do this. Blah, blah, blah. Now I'm actually getting consistent. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> and then like you learn like. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I do Alex uh, <laughs> we, should, we should do dueling Alex Jones. Ale Alex Jones? Yeah, uh, listen here, like we have a, a party in Austin, Texas. People are smoking DMT. Communicate with entities from the beyond. <laughs> do you remember the space, his space jail riff? No. Oh yeah, what the, the goblin vomit? Goblin vomit, demons. <laughs> Guys. Yeah, I have the documents. I'm there sucking the Bohemian Grove with John Ronson. <laughs> yeah, and and we're gonna construct a large face of Alex at Entheon, Casa of State New York. Thank you. Let's give a hand to these guys. Thank you, Michael, Mike, and Jen. This has been amazing. All right, thanks for joining us, guys. Um, so the next portion is gonna be pretty vibey. We're gonna do ecstatic dance in the backyard in about 15 minutes, and we're serving up the cacao, which is a beautiful plant medicine um, that really opens up the heart, and it's got a few nice molecules in it from theobromine to caffeine, so it's uh, definitely a reinvigorator so we're about to kind of bring the party to a new level a new elevation and just to say one more word about why we're here uh, the time wheel podcast network is something i'm very passionate about um, i've bumped into a bunch of friends that really enjoy the art form of podcast and it just kind of felt like a band almost like hey let's make a band you know so we're going to be releasing all of the shows that were here tonight and we're going to be supporting them and um, you can find that at timewheel.net or twpn.net. And uh, it's really just about sharing quality information, you know, for people with curious minds. And I really feel like these podcasters have a, have a, a great ability to extract from their guests extremely insightful information and themselves have a lot of that to share. So, um, again, you can find that at timewheel.net. And I really appreciate everyone being here tonight. And, um, you know, stay tuned to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. It's just Time Wheel, one word. And you'll be seeing more of these podcast promotions rolling out. Also, tonight's a donation-based event um, from 11 to $33 or whatever you feel comfortable giving. And we're going to use those proceeds to go towards founding this network, doing ads, um, doing dope video content and stuff to, to help really 
um, give more spotlight to what these guys are doing on their shows. So uh, every dollar counts. I really appreciate it. And you can find information on how to donate at the front desk here. As well, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Sheath. Um, they sponsored tonight, and uh, it's an amazing product. You can go check them out at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. And uh, essentially, it's uh, evolutionary or revolutionary underwear. Um, underwear that has really been extremely thoughtful in its design from the fabrics to just the, the overall pouch on the inside, which is for men, but women as well. I've been getting or hearing good feedback that you know the, the sports bras and um, the underwear are very comfortable and we're always working on building our quality up and we really pride ourselves on our customer service as well. So if there's any issue, we're always willing to fix it and hook you up. So um, we're gonna be doing an ecstatic dance in the back in about 15 minutes, which is a safe container to explore the body I like to say, let the music move you. Try to, you know, just see what happens when you let go and disconnect your mind from feeling like people are watching you or that, you know, like you're not doing it right because really there's no right or wrong way to dance. It's just whatever flows through you. So that's really what we're gonna do and we're gonna uh, elaborate more on that once we get out there. So again, thank you guys and thanks to the Church of the Sacred Womb for hosting this. It's been amazing. Uh, thank you, Clem and Ostra. And uh, we'll see you in the back. Much love. All right. Well, there you have it. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's the second time that I've posted a live recording. You know, before the pandemic, I was doing my, these things called mind jams. Uh, I was calling them the mind jam. And it was, uh, it was just me with uh, a bunch of people just kind of riffing on topics. And it was funny. And it was engaging. Then the pandemic hit and it was like, all right, well, what am I going to do this online now? Everyone, and it just didn't feel like it. So live events, community, getting together, getting down. I think that that is the future. Hope you guys enjoyed this. If you did, consider becoming a patron. Uh, help. The more people that become patrons, the less ads that I, that I would have to do. So uh, I really would love this to be more of a community-funded and supported endeavor. And um, yeah, you get access to bonus episodes. We got a new Dosadelic out with my co-host Matt. We got uh, all kinds of things, big big stuff coming too uh, with like new logo design, website, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited about that. You guys all get early access and the Inner Sanctum Discord chat as well and um access to me as well one-on-one -on -one mind jam sessions with me so consider becoming a patron if you like the show as well uh, a free, easy free way to help us is leave a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts. the more that we get there the more visibility we get people see us find us little independent solo venture podcast out there competing with so many other podcasts so i really appreciate all of your time for tuning in and listening to this. Also, go check out our sponsors because they support me and what I do and bringing this content out to you guys. Let's support them uh, and check out the stuff if you're interested. Fungi Academy, Growing Mushrooms, Sheath Underwear, just really comfortable stuff, uh, and uh, Ohana Kaba Bar, as well as Student Loan Tutor and Mushroom Revival. So go check them out. And if you're interested, you like something, there's nice discounts there for you. Until next time. Much love to you all. Much love to you all.
Peace.